welcome to Ad Creeps, a podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Courtney, and I'm back in the fresh, new recording studio with my best friend, Al. Hi. Al, what do you think about the, the new studio? I think it's really great. I think that the sound absorbing, you know, barrier is really good. The headboard? The headboard of your bed, yes. <laughs> we, we got this studio from Ikea. Mm. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it is. It Sounds is foreign. It's a brand new, you know, podcaster <laughs> exclusive studio in a box. Oh, are they in a partnership with Blueberry? Is that another? It's yeah, a, that's another podcast. Yeah, is yeah it? okay. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, 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 definitely, okay. definitely, yeah. The the fun thing about this podcast studio is I could not ride home while it was in my small car, <laughs> so I had to wait at the IKEA and I had to drink wine. What a shame. What a shame. <laughs> and they told me, hmm, you can't just buy wine, please, sir. You have to buy <laughs> something to eat, too. So I had a salad. You're not allowed to just get ripping drunk at the Ikea? Oh, God, I wish. Oh, <laughs> boy. But why would you want to when there's those meatballs around? The little meatballs and also the hot dogs. Yeah, the, the hot dogs. 99 cent hot dogs. Eclipsed only by Costco. Oh, <laughs> I would get a Costco card just to get the 99 cent dogs. Those dogs are something else. What do they put in them? You don't probably want to, you probably don't want to know, I don't think. <laughs> well, this, I can I say, we are the Costco hot dog of the podcast world. Oh, we're, I don't know what that means. We're cheap, <laughs> but rich and multi, multi-faceted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, who knows what's in there? You don't know what you're going to get. What's in here? I don't know. Well, I do have a surprise for you. Oh, okay. It is, uh, I mean, we were talking about how some, uh, the last couple episodes were kind of downers. Yeah. I think we got another round. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Norman Schwarzkopf Jr. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah? I don't know who that is, but it just, it doesn't sound good. <laughs> the name hits you in a wrong place. It really does, yeah. Hey, Al, you're right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Norman Schwarzkopf Jr. was born in Trenton, New Jersey on August 22nd, 1934. Throughout childhood, he lived in Tehran and then Geneva with his father, who was a member of the United States military in both World War One and World War Two. Okay. That's a that's a hard age to be where you you went through World War One mm-hmm. and you think that's it. That's it's over. There can't be another. That was the Great War. There's not going to be a greater war. <laughs> the League of Nations told me Woodrow Wilson, he told me there ain't going to be another one. <laughs> <laughs> and I trust him with my life. And then you went into the second one. Yeah. And then I guess I mean I guess you just that's it. The greater war. The <laughs> Schwarzkopf himself wanted to be a military officer, just like his father. And at age 10, he became a cadet at a military institute. What were we doing at 10? Oh, man. Not that. Uh, Yeah. Watching Space Jam. Yep. Making making uh, making ice cream sundaes. Oh, yeah. And macaroni necklaces. Yeah. Yeah. Not... Not being part of the military-industrial complex. Certainly sure. not. <laughs> <laughs> we're too soft. Yeah, we're we, just soft boys. Yeah. <laughs> when he posed for his official photograph, he put on a stern expression, quote, Someday, when I become a general, I want people to know I'm serious. <laughs> and he probably said it as a kid. 
So he probably said, I want people to know I'm serious. <laughs> That's all children sound. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Just like that. My God, I love a kid accent. I just oh, think it's so cute. You simply must. Oh, they got a little marbles in their mouth and they just, <laughs> they're going to tell you what for. In November 1988, Schwarzkopf was named commander of the United States Central Command. His largest concern was over the potential for Iraq to oh. evade into oil fields outside of their borders. Oh, no. Oh, bo- oh boy. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Oh, brother. What? <laughs> okay. I mean, what, what could possibly... What could you be worried about? Uh, uh, just tracking things, right? They're just taking... A, they're just seeing, hey, is this going to be a problem? They're just taking a... Should we make it one? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein surprised Schwarzkopf uh, by going a bit further and capturing Kuwait City. Schwarzkopf called the emergency meeting with then-U.S. President George H.W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> the worst Bush? I mean... Do we... Well... How would you even tell? Could you imagine father and son war criminals? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't Them. have to. <laughs> <laughs> and and then also Jeb. Oh, wow. All of them. Jeb was a war criminal? No, Jeb's what? just also there. Oh, he's also... He's there with his brewskis. Yeah. <laughs> he's Jeb. But I want to be a war criminal, too. Oh, boy. Oh, no. He de- never got the chance. Nope. Bless. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, President George H.W. Bush, who opted for a aggressive response to Iraq's movements into Kuwait. That's, Would you call that an aggressive? That's one way to put it. Uh, an aggressive? Yeah. <laughs> Operation Desert Storm was designed to be an overwhelming force of at least 400,000 U.S. troops. Schwarzkopf believed that the more troops would reduce the likelihood of high casualties. Now, how did he... I- really think that kind of works. I guess you just, there's so many of them. See, if we have so many guns, the other people, they're going to see the guns and they're going to be like, I don't want to get hit by those. I and mean, they'll run away. That was that was basically what happened. Oh, Militarism started World War One. That's how, oh, so I. Oh, boy. I think we're going with the cicada thing. There's okay. just so many of them. And 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 biologically and, and, and genetically, basically they, they know... That they're going to be eaten. Yeah. Because they're just, they're just cicadas. So nature has made a lot of them. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Guns. <laughs> yeah, guns. The cicadas are guns. Oh, okay. <laughs> when the operation began on January 17, 1991, Schwarzkopf commanded an international army of 750,000 troops. That's too many. Well, that was his plan. Oh, right. His plan was to have so many, so many <laughs> that less people would be hurt. Yeah. In fact, they'd come back with some. <laughs> they would add. They would collect on the way. Oh, boy. Like Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> you have to catch them all. Mm. Mm. The next day, on January 18th, the first USMC AV-8B Harrier jump jet was shot down by anti-aircraft artillery. The McDonnell Douglas AV-8B Harrier II. Yeah, there's a... It's... Woof. Look, okay. I had to get into the plane websites. Oh, no. And there's a lot of names for just, like, a plane. You don't want to... You don't want to deal with plane guys. (laughs) My sources? Full of them. Guys that just know too much about planes. (laughs) Like... 
it's a lot. It's just it's the the energy coming off these guys. The plane the plane guys know a lot about planes. Now my brother in law is a plane guy. Ooh, and he does have he does do uh, what's it called the virtual reality? No, the tra- the the what do you call it? you drive a plane on your computer? Yeah, this is, those guys. Yeah, but he has the gear. Oh, he has like a throttle. He he's got a throttle. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I've seen it. Oh, boy. He's got the headset, like the VR headset. Oh, boy. Plane guys. And he's just like, I don't know, what are you going to, you going to fly a Chesna? Is that, is that a plane? A Chesna? Yeah. A Cessna. There you go. A Chesna. That's what, that's what, um. Richard Scary (laughs) drives. It's like a little chestnut. Yeah. (laughs) The little worm. I was going to say Kenny Chesney. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) That's his jet. (laughs) Is he still relevant? Is he still alive? Did he make it through COVID? Someone check on him. Oh, my God. I don't think he would. Uh, the Harrier 2 was the first fully operational and successful vertical short takeoff and landing aircraft ever produced. They produced other ones, but this is the one that worked. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's very important to tell you that. Because the plane guys would come after me. Yeah, and you don't want... Oh, God, you don't want uh, no, that. No, I do not. Dude, hey, if you're a plane guy and you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry. <laughs> Yikes. Its jet engine can pump through four nozzles, two on each side of the fuselage. Lodge, hold on, right under the wings, which allows the plane to be propelled straight up like a helicopter. This bad boy has four nozzles? <laughs> I only have got one. <laughs> and it cannot propel me. No. Anywhere. No. <laughs> I propel it, actually. Yeah. Uh, while the Harrier was cool enough to bring Schwarzenegger to victory in True Lies, yes, that's right. <laughs> that's the, that, that was where it was. In real life, it seemed to be plagued by operational issues. First off, the very unique vertical takeoff ability meant the jet could not carry very much weight, so the Harrier crews usually had to skimp on either fuel or weapons. It was usually fuel. Ooh. <laughs> the thing they don't tell you about the military-industrial complex, uh-huh. they're bad at it. <laughs> they have they have so much money, and they're bad at it. Oh, we haven't even gotten into the money yet. <laughs> oh, God. We're going to talk about it. It's a lot of money oh. for these very bad planes. <laughs> So I read something like the first Harrier. So we're talking about the Harrier 2s, which are used in the Gulf War and Afghanistan. The previous Harriers, like, they couldn't take off vertically, which is their whole point. (laughs) At weight. Oh. So the weight of them prevented them to take off. So they had to take off in, like, a ski slope. So the plane actually too heavy to to do the thing it was created to do. Science is great. (laughs) (laughs) The nozzles that were used to generate lift also meant it was extremely complicated to keep the plane stable. And I want you to remember, do you ever play those, like, marble games where there's a maze and it's a table and you have to, like... Yeah. It's exactly like that, only a plane. Oh. A $33 million plane. Oh. Is bad. That's very bad. Why would we need this? And the marble is the human inside driving it. Oh. And the purpose? (laughs) Is for killing. For well, it, not in the way you would think, actually. Oh, well, it. Oh. So someone died, but it was usually the person in the plane. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> the first generation of Harriers were actually fully mechanical, which meant pilots had to control the temperamental plane with a series of levers. <laughs> <laughs> you know your bumper boats. It's just a game of mousetrap in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your marbles, your levers. 
Oh, it's not good. Quote, It's not a very good airplane when you consider everything about it, said Fred Pete Field, an aviation consultant who served as a Marine officer and Navy test pilot. Just a bad, bad plane. Do plane guys agree or do plane guys like, this thing rules? So I've I've seen, as I went through the plane guy stratosphere, Mm -hmm. uh, I went all up, all the way up and all the way down to hell. And... (sighs) There was, I think I have it in my sources of like, the Marines should keep using the Harrier. What? <laughs> it's it okay. So bad. And then there's a lot of people like, no, it is, it is truly, it was truly the worst thing. <laughs> and why are we still using it? The Harrier also earned the reputation of being, quote, a widow maker. <gasps> you never want that. That's for roller coasters. <laughs> and me. <laughs> Better watch out. As technical issues made it more likely that it would become unstable at takeoff and at landing. You know, the two things that... The two times when you want... Yeah. Stability. (laughs) (laughs) But But it can go up and down. Oh, okay. It can literally launch up and down. Which is so cool. (laughs) But it may crash. Those nozzles, though. (laughs) But only if you have no fuel. (laughs) During action in the Gulf War from January 1991 to August 1999, 17 Harriers went down. The majority of crashes were not caused by enemy fire. By the end of its service in the Gulf, the Harrier was statistically one of the most dangerous aircraft to fly in the military. Oh my god. We haven't even gotten... We, we're just... We're just starting with this guy. <laughs> Even with all of these crashes and fatalities under its belt, the Harriers were one of the first combat aircraft in the invasion of Afghanistan in the fall of 2001. We're getting to Bush Jr. now. <sighs> By the end, so they're still using these things? Uh, yeah. And in <laughs> fact, they used them horrid after 9-11. Oh my god. The tour of duty in the Gulf was nothing compared <laughs> to Afghanistan. Oh boy. By the end of 2003... Congress asked for an inquiry into the, it, the jump jet's use after five crashes in the Persian Gulf, North Carolina, Afghanistan, Arizona, and California came in quick succession. And I'm talking about months. Five Ooh. all at once. So a, it, when it's called a jump jet, that's yeah. because it can go up. It goes boop. Oh. Yeah. It jump. Isn't it cute? Like a, like a bean. Yeah. Okay. Like a little bunny. I don't find it cute. We call it a bunny jet. Oh, uh, do we? Hop, hop, hop. <laughs> it goes whoop. <laughs> All pilots survived, but four of the planes were lost for a total loss exceeding a hundred million dollars. That's a lot of money. Um, <laughs> that could you know, I other things maybe do. Yeah, but this is so cool. Schwarzenegger was in one. <laughs> By then, more than a third of the fleet of three hundred ninety-seven Harriers had been lost to accidents. <laughs> a third. One third. Yep. Just just by accident. Not even enemy fire. Accidents. Whoops. Uh, I see that I see here that thirty three point three repeating of our uh Harrier jets have been lost to it says whoopsies. <laughs> <laughs> but Schwarzenegger was around one. It's fine. <laughs> 45 Marines had died in 148 non-combat accidents. Oh, boy. They did have a good ejection seat, which was the only thing going for it. <laughs> um, as Congress and the Pentagon began talks, a pilot of another Harrier jet lost control of his aircraft over the Chocolate Mountains Aerial Gunnery Range in Southern California and injected at 1,000 500 feet. So as they were talking... No, he was fine. Oh, okay, good. So then we can talk about the Chocolate Mountains. We can talk about the Chocolate <laughs> Mountains. C- can we go there? We Can we eat the mountains? No, it's poop. Oh. 
Yeah. What? Well, it's like you're flying through the chocolate mountains, <laughs> and it's it. Hold on to your butts. I mean, you're gonna have to if you're flying one of these. <laughs> and as you eject out out of the Harrier, because you will lose control of the very bad plane, uh, you are gonna poop yourself. Oh, absolutely. So it's just splattered with poop. Ooh. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> Uh, could you imagine the Congress is like, something's up with these jets. And Donald Rumsfeld is like, nah, it's fine, bro. And, and another one crashes during the inquiry. Now, you told me you were trying very hard. I'm not, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not to mention Rummy in this. I'm sorry. He's here. Well, He's here, folks. He's here, and his grave is a gender-neutral bathroom. <laughs> so piss on it frequently. <laughs> Actually, his grave is the Chocolate Mountains. Oh. Take a poop. <laughs> right there. God. <laughs> it took until 2010 for the U.S. to announce the retirement of their remaining Harriers. The Jets manufacturer, Boeing, began phasing it out of production. But that does not mean that they stopped using them. Oh. <laughs> we'll go back to that later. 2010? Yup. Oof. Well... <laughs> But before the jump jet's fatal tour in Afghanistan and before 9-11, the AV-8 Harrier II was involved in a U.S. court case that changed ad campaigns forever. The defendant, Pepsi-Cola. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Ooh. Oh, hello. Okay. Pepsi's here. Pepsi's here to play with the bad jets. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, they're here to play. They're here to just kind of fool around. <laughs> Pepsi stuff was launched March 28th, 1996. Do you remember Pepsi stuff? I do not remember Pepsi stuff. Okay. Now, I did check. A Pepsi stuff catalog is available on eBay for $17. So we may have to dip into the ad creep uh, <laughs> tax-deductible um, bank account and buy one of those, because I want to see what's in it. Yeah. Uh, Shaq's on the front cover. Oh, boy. By the way, you could buy Shaq. You could buy Shaq? He's available. <laughs> parties and bar mitzvahs i'm sure he is i think we need to make a promise that one season we just need to do a whole month of shack ads oh yeah because he does a lot of local ads he's got a lot going on <sighs> well or not very much going on yeah. <laughs> it acted as pepsi's loyalty program consumers could acquire points from specifically marked pepsi packages and fountain cups and turn the points into pepsi swag Everything from t-shirts to bags to denim jackets. Ooh. By the way, my sister sent me a picture the other day. She has a Planet Hollywood denim jacket. Ooh. And I died over it. <laughs> that is fashion, folks. That, I want it. It's 2021, folks, and Planet Hollywood is... Cr <laughs> it, that's We're all moving there. Because this one, it's bad. <laughs> Our planet bad. Planet Hollywood? Mwah. <laughs> I remember, God, which planet? It must have been the Seattle one. But there was a, you know, and I don't, okay, sorry. Should we describe what a Planet Hollywood was? I guess so, yeah. Planet Hollywood was owned by Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sty St Sly Sloan. Stallone. Sty Stallone would be <laughs> another name for him. And it was like a hard rock cafe, only Hollywood paraphernalia. Yeah, it was like, hey... Rich people don't eat here, but no. here's a bunch of their stuff on the walls. Yeah, but it really wasn't their stuff. Like, yeah. It wasn't really their stuff. It was like a celebrity adjacent adjacent. Yeah, and movie props, but you probably think that they weren't props. Yeah. Anyway, the one in Seattle, we would frequent, and above you 
it was like a wax figure of a naked sty, sty, Sly S- Stallone, Sylvester Stallone. Uh, sorry, my lisp, I cannot say his <laughs> name. Uh, and I wonder why. What movie was that from? Yeah, you just look up, you see a little wax ding-dong? Yeah, or? well, not the ding-dong. Oh, okay. It, I mean... Then what's the point? <laughs> that was the VIP table. <laughs> it was on top of him, actually. You know, you eat sushi off of him? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> You really had to love Pepsi to collect a large amount of points. Single bottles usually only gave you one point, while 12 packs had two points, and 24 packs had four points, although additional points were sold by Pepsi for 10 cents each. People who wanted to claim their prize from the Pepsi stuff catalog had to trade in a minimum 15 points from the Pepsi products, but could include a check to cover the cost of any additional points needed. Huh. Now this is important. So you only need to drink you only needed to drink 15 Pepsis. Okay. To to get whatever. That's nothing. That's nothing. And well, I mean I don't think I could drink 15 Pepsis. Well, not in a day. Oh, no, you need to do it in a day. Oh, okay. <laughs> And then you just, if you want the leather jacket, you send in the 15 and then probably like, what, 70 bucks or something or whatever. 10 10 cents a For 10 cents a In order to launch their points and stuff, Pepsi put out an ad campaign that featured a cool teen, I mean, it was 1996, that is covered head to toe in Pepsi swag. When each piece of the catalog merchandise is shown on screen, for example, a t-shirt was 75 points, sunglasses were 175 points, and a leather jacket was 1,450 points, the ad then, uh, sorry, the ad, like, displayed that on oh, yeah. the bottom. Okay. So the team would, like, walk up and put on his sunglasses, and at the bottom of the ad, it showed you how many points. Okay, 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 okay. Then the ad takes a military-industrial complex heel turn when the teen arrives to school in a Harrier 2. On the bottom of the screen, it says that this jump jet could be yours for 7 million Pepsi points. (laughs) Do you have a feeling of what's going to happen? Uh-huh. I have a feeling of what's going to happen. John Leonard, or Leonard, um, L-E-O-N-A-R-D. D. Leonard. Leonard, yeah. Yeah, Leonard. Leonardo. No. <laughs> Leonard, a 21-year-old business student, you know, the best kind of business oh. student, was captured by the ad. Quote, people say, well, didn't you want a t-shirt? And I say, well, when there's a Harrier out there for 7 million Pepsi points, why not aim your sights a little higher? This guy sounds like a real piece of work. Wait till you hear what happens. <laughs> Based on Pepsi's rules... Leonard calculated that it would take seven, wait, yeah, seven hundred thousand dollars to buy the Pepsi points needed to buy the Harrier, a plane that was worth at that time thirty-three point eight million dollars. <laughs> Leonard convinced five investors, and together was able to pull together the seven hundred thousand dollars easily. He sent in the fifteen Pepsi labels and a check, and waited for Pepsi to contact him to plan for the handover of the Harrier. Pepsi refused, saying the ad was, of course, a joke. Wait, the, the Harrier, I assume, wasn't in the catalog. No, it wasn't in the catalog. It was just in the ad. Oh, boy. Quote, tens of millions of Americans and people around the world saw the spot and got the joke and laughed, said John Harris of Pep- Pepsi Cola. Mr. Leonard saw the spot, hired business advisors and lawyers, and decided to take legal action. <laughs> they were really hard on this guy. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you be? <laughs> Everyone's just bad. This is just a bad... Just everybody in the story is bad. bad. 
In actuality, Pepsi went to court first, asking that Leonard's claim to the jet be declared frivolous. I didn't know a court could do that. Oh, yeah. My life is frivolous. <laughs> fucking judge comes in here and points at me and says, I declare you frivolous. <laughs> this triggered Leonard to file his own lawsuit demanding that Pepsi cough up the Harrier. The case had to really dissect whether or not the ad campaign was a joke. The official notes from the judge discuss what a tough position the court was in, quote, the plaintiff's insistence that the commercial appears to be a serious offer requires the court to explain why the commercial is funny. <laughs> Explaining why a joke is funny is a daunting task. I gotta tell you, it is my favorite thing to do when I'm, uh... <laughs> In, in a work context, when you get a script or something with a homophobic joke in it, oh, no. the, that, the best thing that you can do, not for yourself, because it will be very horrible yeah. an experience, is to say, could you explain to me why this is funny? Please dissect it for me. Take it to this judge and say, why funny? And then the usually uh, cis white male writer will stumble over his words and realize how much it sucks. And then your job is done, and his job, hopefully, was also be done, because he would be shit-canned. <laughs> In the end, Judge Kimba Wood rejected Leonard's claim. Uh, first off, the advertisement featuring the jet did not constitute an actual offer. Even if the advertisement had been an offer, the court decided that no reasonable person could have believed that a Pepsi that Pepsi would have sold a Harrier jet for $700,000. In order to justify the commercial was funny, the court made several observations. And these are quotes from the court documents. Oh my god. I have the court documents in the sources. They're just very good. Okay. Quote, the callow youth featured in the commercial is a highly improb improbable pilot. One who could barely be trusted with the keys to his parents' car, much less the prize aircraft, the United States Marine Corps. So that's number one reason why it is funny. Oh, boy. The teen. The teen? <laughs> this is comedy, folks. God, you can't even make a joke anymore. <laughs> why do we be so PC about these things? Uh, number two. The teenager's comment that flying a Harrier jet to school, quote, sure beats the bus, Evinces a improbable, I can't even read this word, insouciant? Yeah, insouciant. Insouciance? What does that mean? Like, it's a fancy word for um, frivolity. Fucking courts, man. <laughs> Probably a teen attitude. Yeah. An attitude towards the relative difficulty and danger of piloting a fighter plane in a residential area. <laughs> Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. So funny. And my favorite, no school would provide a landing space for a student's fighter jet or condone the disruption the jet's use would cause. Ha 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 ha. Also, this boy would crash. Because these jets are bad. Overall, quote, the notion of traveling to school in a Harrier jet is an exaggerated adolescent fantasy. Sure is. <laughs> That's sure a joke. Is. In order to cover their collective corporate butts, Pepsi updated the cost of the Harrier jet in the ad to 700 million Pepsi points. It also added a footnote underneath the points that read, quote, just kidding. <laughs> God, you can't make a joke in this day and age. Are you kidding me? What is this, cancel culture? Oh my god, they canceled, they canceled fucking the military-industrial complex. <laughs> I wish they would. Please. Please. The Pentagon also put out a statement 
That said, Harrier jets are not for sale in flyable shape to the civilian public, which means they were for sale in non-flyable shape. <laughs> I think I, I don't think I, oh, it has to be my sources. There was an article that an Alberta man was trying to sell a, basically a Harrier jet he built from scraps. What? On like Kijiji, which is our Canadian Craigslist. That's right? incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, if it, if it doesn't, if it can't fly and doesn't have weapons, the Marine Corps could sell you pieces. They're down to party. Wow. Quote, someone who's taking advantage of the legal system doesn't really typify the Pepsi generation, said John Harris of Pepsi-Cola. Wow, he's confused. <laughs> well, he doesn't understand at all. <laughs> the Pepsi generation? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're bad. We're bad. Yeah. The Harrier called, quote, the most important weapon of war by General Norman Schwarzkopf, as well as the flying coffin by the media, continued its use by the U.S. Marine Corps well into the late 2010s. Its last accident occurred when one crashed after takeoff on April 3rd, 2018. Whoa! <laughs> you gotta stop using these boys! No, no. You gotta quit it! Uh-uh. They're not good! See, here's the thing. Um... Boeing's not making parts anymore for them. <laughs> They're obsolete. So, you know, oopsie-daisy. God. So I actually have the original ad, the one uh, that wasn't retconned. Oh, excellent. Yeah. You want to see it? I'm very excited to okay, see it. We're going to take an ad break, and uh, we are going to watch this ad. And you can, too. You can check our sources. We'll return after these messages. Introducing the new Pepsi Stuff Catalog. Now, the more Pepsi you drink, the more great stuff you're going to get. Sure beats the bus. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. That was a cool team. That was an extremely cool team. He actually looked like you. <laughs> Um, oh, my look? TBH. <laughs> Just completely Pepsi. Yeah. Ah. You got the whole Pepsi fit, right? Oh, God, I wish. Mm -hmm. I wish I was that cool. So can you describe what happened in that commercial? Yes. Okay, we are in a teen's bedroom. Um, <laughs> it is reminiscent of Ferris Bueller. Yes. Uh, a teen, looking much like Courtney, yes. uh, walks up to camera. He is wearing a Pepsi t-shirt. Oh. It says, uh, Pepsi t-shirt, X number of Pepsi points. And yeah. then he's walking down the stairs. He's got a leather jacket on. It says, leather jacket, however many Pepsi points. Yeah. He steps outside. The sun's in his eyes. He puts on a pair of blue tinted aviators oh blue the pepsi blue aviators <laughs> and then you know we find out how many pepsi points it is and then we see outside of a school uh a ruckus papers are blowing into classrooms people are like surprised as there's a noise overhead of something very intense happening a teacher a teacher's clothes like come straight off yeah that was wild kind of weird <laughs> I don't think the nozzles did that. That wasn't the nozzles for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, and then a Harrier jet, a Harrier 2 lands yeah. in the parking lot. and C Completely vertical? Com yeah, that's yeah, how they do it. That's how they do it. Uh, and the uh, the teen looks at the camera and he says, <laughs> Pete's, Pete's taking the bus. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, and then, yeah, it says seven, 7 million 
Points. Pepsi points. And uh, someone was able to get those points. That, this kid, man. <laughs> this, like, <laughs> this youth that was like, I'm in business school, and I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a minute. Oh, and, like, what if God. I could get the points? Would they give me a jet? No, dude. They would have to give you a jet. Do something better with your time. By the way, this is not the only time Pepsi fucked up royally. Oh, and yeah? And someone... Uh, tried to take advantage of it. Ooh. I have another ad creep, so I'll put it down the road. But okay. It's it's worse. There's more death, actually. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Great. Anyway, let's talk about this one. Yeah, so this teen, huh? I mean, like, it's a very classic Pepsi-style commercial. It's 96. got a cool teen. Yeah, it's, oh, that, that teen. It's a vibe. It is a vibe. Now, I do want to talk... I was kind of thinking about this. 96, wearing corporate swag was cool back then. Yep. It was hot. It was. Like, again, I mentioned the Planet Hollywood jacket. Like, that's during this time period, the late 90s. The fucking Hard Rock Cafe shirts. Yeah. Anything branded, like, would be cool to wear. And, yeah, I mean, I remember it was like, if you didn't have the brand, if you had the off-brand stuff, like, oh, man, you were... You mean poopsie? Yeah, poop. <laughs> if you had poopsie, you were mocked. <laughs> And the red and the the blue. And they're swapped. <laughs> ah, poopsie. Um, yeah, and I don't know why. Like, why was wearing... Because it meant you had money. Oh, it was that a, it? It was classism. Oh, Courtney, it was fuck. classism. What? <laughs> oh. It's always classism. Man, it is always classism, huh? Uh-huh. Oh, capitalism. Meanwhile, oh. I'm over here in my fucking northern getaway Cat Street Boys sweater. <laughs> But that was cool, too. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool for us. So, 2021. Yeah. Pepsi stuff is back, baby. Yeah. It's gotta be. Yeah. And we need it now more than ever. (laughs) We need a catalog. We need to buy Pepsi stuff. Explain to me what the new ad would be. Oh, yeah. I think it's that if you buy enough Pepsi, they'll just give you a Harrier jet in parts. (laughs) And if you want to reassemble that boy, bad boy and try to fly it, oh, hey, their hands are clean. Interested. So it's like a kind of do-it-yourself. Yeah. I think after 2018, yeah. you know, the military industrial complex was like, hey, we got to offload these bad boys. We got a lot, we got a lot of debt. And, mm, uh, uh, well. Uh, and so PepsiGo is like, hey, we can do something with this. <laughs> Buy the Harriers off of the American military. All like 30 they have left after crashing for yeah. how many years? <laughs> and then they run a special, it's like a, or like a golden ticket situation. Oh, you actually get a Harrier. Yeah, but I, it's in parts. I bet you that one guy, the business student, would be pissed. <laughs> oh, he'd be absolutely livid. Can you explain the commercial then? Yes. Okay. So we see a, a, a Zoomer teen. Yeah. They wake up. Not as cool as the 1996 teen. Sorry. No, no. I the don't, hair? Yeah. Mm. If you don't have the middle part, I'm sorry. Get out of my get out, get of, my out life. of my house. Get out of my life. Um, okay, so a Zoomer teen wakes up. They yeah. live in a TikTok house um, <laughs> with, with 19 other Zoomer yeah. teens. Um, Olivia Rodrigo. Olivia Rodrigo is blasting yeah. on the stereo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they like wake up. They put on their like white T-shirt. No logo because it's not cool anymore. No. Um, I think it's a black t-shirt now. Is it a black t-shirt? They put on the black t-shirt. That's what the teens I know wear. Um, they roll to the kitchen. They don't go to school, obviously, because they live in a TikTok house. Yeah. Um, they There's cr- a set of twins there. 
There's always a set of twin TikTok twins. Oh, always. You gotta have the TikTok twins. <laughs> uh, and they, they go to the fridge, uh, one of seven in this house, uh, <laughs> and they grab an ice cold, a Pepsi Cola. Okay. They crack it open. Yeah. And inside the Pepsi Cola yeah. is a golden ticket. It's folded in there. It's folded up. He almost <laughs> chokes to death. It's nearly tragic yeah um he puts it he puts the pepsi cola down he opens the ticket it says one of 30 ah and the ghost of george hw bush <laughs> is also released from the pepsi he's bottle. looking in the window <laughs> <laughs> and the kid looks at the ticket it says hey this is yours now fuck it i we can't i don't want anything to do with this he looks out at the lawn of the tiktok house yeah parts for one entire Harrier 2 on the lawn. He calls to the rest of the TikTok house. Someone immediately begins filming as he pulls out a screwdriver. They begin to assemble the Harrier. (laughs) But they assemble it like cool teens. Yeah. So like... Uh, let me just put some gum here. Yeah. The gum. Oh, some, like, fucking scotch tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then finally, it's assembled. This is a very long commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Finally, it's assembled. Yeah. Um, he gets in, he immediately turns it on, and the uh, nozzles go off, and <laughs> right into the sky. <laughs> this guy's gone. Forever. <laughs> he flies up into space. Um, he waves out the window, and then Jeff Bezos in a, in a, in a space shuttle waves back. Yeah, we haven't let him back on to Earth yet. Um, He's and just then, up there. Yeah, and then we get our slogan, it's 2021, fuck it, why not drink Pepsi? <laughs> go to space. Go straight to space. Drink Pepsi, go straight to space. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think Pepsi would do, actually, the military, the, the Marines probably would be like, please take this stuff. Yeah, Please. I think that, yeah, and they're happy to get any money for it. So they sell it yeah. to Pepsi. Pepsi gets to sell a Pepsi bunch of... Pepsi gives them 10 cents apart. <laughs> Pepsi's making a ton of money because yeah. kids kids want to build a Harrier, too. Yeah, wow. Wow, 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 wow. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. <sighs> but none none for uh, Leonard. None for him. None he for Leonard. No, he doesn't get it. It's this a, guy, no. It's a... Uh, what was that... Um, the artist who had the blackest black and the pinkest pink. Oh, Anish Kapoor. Yeah, it's, and, Anish, uh, it's Anish Kapoor situation. Yeah. The, <laughs> none for you. John Leonard doesn't get a Harrier jet. Everyone else can drink Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was cute. I love it. Yeah. And uh, by the way, I heard rumblings that Apple bought a documentary or commissioned a documentary on this. I want you to know, Acreeps did it first. Yeah, hey, we got there. We I, saw the press release. We're like, jumping in on this one. <laughs> well, no, I had it on my list for oh, a okay. long time. Don't you worry. But I'm holding up a paper. It is July <laughs> 17th. like you're doing a Reddit AMA. 2021. I did it first. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, speaking of how great we are, if you, friends like what we do yeah you're gonna be great five stars apple podcast tell them tell apple that ad creeps did it first and they did it better yeah we did it okay and hey here's this here's this idea what? for you maybe tell a friend that this is a podcast that you enjoy oh yeah that's um, really helped actually and they might enjoy it as well and um if someone you know if your friend like sends us a local ad and they're like hey this person sent me. We'll give you a shout out. Yeah, we give you a shout out. <laughs> but you have to tell us in the email. Yeah. Yeah. 
We do do birthdays and bar mitzvah shout outs. So if you just want to email us, we can do that too. Yeah. Or if you want to email us and say, hey, this is my name and these are my pronouns. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll shout you out. Yeah. We'll use we'll use your name and pronouns. Yeah. And you can feel like, hey, that was cool. And we'll tell you how much we love you and we're proud of you. That's absolutely a service that we provide at oh, all times. Oh, that's a good service. Mm-hmm. But also we are going to talk about ads as well. <laughs> yeah, that's also part – that's kind of the main meat of the podcast. Um, Speaking of ads. Yes. Do you have a local ad for us? I do have a local ad for us. Good, because that's the segment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this local ad comes to us from Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, Cleveland rocks. Cleveland uh, rocks. Thank you, Mr. Drew Carey, for letting us know. And the presence of the United States of America. Yeah, those guys too. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Good news for people that have credit problems. Norton Furniture is here for you. Now, seriously, if you can't get credit in my store, you can't get credit anywhere. My name is Mark. And you can count on it. You gotta help me out with something. That was so much. Thank you, Cleveland, Ohio, for this truly incomprehensible ad for Norton Furniture. It features a man named Mark. Mark has a ponytail. Was he also wearing tinted glasses? I'm pretty sure he was wearing t- those, those like, inside-outside glasses. He was surrounded by the type of sculptures that you would find in Cracker Barrel. Yes. Uh, which is very important to the Cracker Barrel experience, but these were all, like, animals. Yeah, like tigers, and then there were tiger noises in the background. Yeah. This was irrelevant to the content of the ad. No, and his arm movements. Mm, was very measured. But he hit those marks. Oh, he hit the marks. Like, he, it was clearly he, the thing. choreographed. He was, he was coached, yeah. yeah. And he, but he hit them. Mm-hmm. His voice reminded me of the manager from Superstore, um, which if, you, if you've watched really? that. Kind of. Really? Yeah. Glenn? Yeah, Glenn. But Glenn's voice is like up here. But he had kind of a muppety voice. I guess, but his voice is a lot scarier. Yeah, yeah it was kind of, it like would be like guy, a scary if you, Glenn. If you run into this guy in an alley, you're like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> the other thing was the camera moved to the left. It did. It panned to the left at the end and, and um, what was there? Uh, I would call uh, chips. <laughs> <laughs> A chips mannequin. A chips mannequin, a, a, a highway ho- cop. Yeah. Reaching for his gun, by the way. <laughs> and Mark says, you gotta help me. You gotta help me out here, man. Is um, it because he's trapped in the store? I think the implication is that there are wild animals. Again, oh. this is irrelevant to the content of the ad, which is about how um, you can easily get credit for furniture uh, in at Mark's uh, yeah. at Norton's furniture, um, and if you can't get credit here, you can't get credit anywhere. Mark was very clear on that he point. Was, so his arms told the whole story. Decisive. Wow. My God, so good. This man loves the furniture. He's got some cool stuff in there, and he's going to tell you about it. And then, incomprehensibly, there will also be animals, <laughs> and also cops. Yep. Okay. Thank you, okay, Mark. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that's it for us. Yeah, if if you actually have a local ad, we get tons and we love 
every single one, because they mean a lot to us when they, when you say, hey, this local app was from when I grew up and I can't get out of my brain. Here, put it in your brain. And we love to put it in our brain. God, sometimes at one o'clock in the morning, I have it in my brain. I can't get it out. Mm-hmm. Fuck, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, that Nissan commercial that we did, I think, I forget, it was... I think it was CJ's. Uh, it's still in there. Oh, it's up in it's the... It's never getting It's out. up in the dome. It, it, it just... Every waking moment, CJ. Yeah. You're, you're, you're killing me. But I love you for it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so if you do have a local ad, you can send it to us, adcreeps at gmail.com or Twitter at adcreeps or Instagram at adcreeps. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. We do. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Until next time, we are signing, signing off. off. It weren't for my spouse. That was really musical. <laughs> it was. Signing off. <laughs>